You're listening to Al Pastor, the show that helps you love God, love your neighbor, and eat more tacos. I'm your host, Pastor Brian. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. I've got another podcast for you. Just going to cover the last couple of verses out of Exodus chapter 23. In the previous episode, we talked about how God was going to give the, the final and total victory little by little. And what we read in these last two verses, which is uh, verses 32 and 33, we'll read them in just a second here. What we see is that while this victory is going to happen, there is a there's something on our part that we need to make happen. In other words, God does his part. He'll help drive out the enemies, but then God expects something on our part, and that part is not to believe the lies, not to compromise, especially when it comes to ungodliness. And so this is a huge, huge lesson. So while we're waiting for God to get the victory, the full and final victory, we got to do everything we can to separate, distance ourselves from sinful things. Boy, this is a message that we don't want to hear today because, in fact, it's the exact opposite. We've turned everything upside down. We want to hang out and be accepted. It's a, a culture and a religion of tolerance. So for the Israelites, this is going to be a very difficult thing for them to do. So I want you to know it's actually going to be difficult for you to do. There is a strong temptation to make peace with the Canaanites, to worship their gods, especially since this conquest comes little by little. And so rather than taking the trouble to drive all their enemies all the way out, you know, there's a temptation that comes in and says, you know, why not just coexist? Why not just live in, in, in peace with these folks? But you know what God says? He says in verse number um, 24 of Exodus 23, he says, you shall not worship their gods. You shall not serve them. You shall not do according to their deeds, but you shall utterly pull them down and shatter their sacred pillars in pieces. And then in verses 32 and 33, notice what he says. You shall cut no covenant with them or their gods. They shall not live in your land, lest they make you sin against me. For if you serve their gods, it will surely be a snare to you. Now, it's pretty obvious that the Israelites were not allowed to worship the gods of the Canaanites. They're to worship the God of Israel alone, to serve him only. But God knew how tempting it would be for his people to worship false gods. So to help them even avoid the possibility of this temptation, he tells them, I want you to smash those idols to pieces. Now, their gods were idols, and they were represented through um, wood or metals and their sacred pillars um, would stand all the way up to like 10 feet tall. So these things were to be destroyed. Um, there is to be no middle ground, no backsliding, no apostasy, no thought given to any other gods. And so the Israelites, I want you to notice this too, they're also forbidden to cut a covenant or a peace treaty with the Canaanites. Now in those days, covenants were sealed with rituals in which the other party would sacrifice to their gods. So it's not like, well, you know, you got your own thing going on. I've got my own thing going on. You go ahead and do you and I'll do me and we'll just coexist and live in peace. 
No, 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 no. You cannot make a treaty with the Canaanites unless you're going to acknowledge their God. So this would be forbidden to do. There is only one King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and they were called to worship him alone. And so the whole purpose and point of the book of the covenant, the section of scripture we're reading here in Exodus, is that they were entering into an exclusive relationship with the one and only true God. Now, there's another problem with trying to make peace, or we could, you know, use a technical term like grant some amnesty, right, with the Canaanites, is the longer that they would stay around, the more likely it would be that the Israelites would end up being led astray. And we actually see this play out in the Old Testament. It is always easier to be influenced than it is to influence. There's one commentator that said this. He says, given the sinful propensities of the human heart, it is far easier for the false and the debased to degrade the true than for the pure to elevate the corrupt. You know, sometimes I think in the church today, we think, well, you got to hang around. you got to have relationships with these folks. So go ahead, go hang out. You don't have to partake. You don't have to participate. But you know what? We don't do that. You are setting yourself up. Not only that, you're also ruining your testimony when you do that. I don't need to go hang out at the bar with a bunch of folks. I don't need to hang out with a bunch of folks getting drunk in order for me to witness and testify to them. It would be a better testimony for me to say, I don't do that, but let me tell you why. And I also would like to tell you why you shouldn't be doing that either. And so if the Canaanites wanted to turn away from their idols, and if they said, hey, we want to go with you, if we want to serve God, and that's one thing altogether. But if they wanted to keep practicing their pagan rituals, they're going to cause the Israelites to stumble. So God here adopts a zero-tolerance policy towards the Canaanites and their gods. Their worship was vulgar. It promotes sexual promiscuity. It promotes child sacrifice. It promotes drunkenness. It promotes uh, the worship of all these other gods of wood and stone. The Canaanites deserve to be punished for these sins. And God is well within his rights to say that, you know what? They're not allowed to live. They are occupying this land illegally. This is the place that he established for a people for himself, for his glory, and it is part of his plan for saving the world. And so if the Israelites let the Canaanites stay, and if they just wanted to have, you know, this nice little peace, and maybe they'll accept us, maybe they'll like us, they're going to get lured, and they're going to get trapped into some false worship. And I think that's a lot of what is happening today. In fact, in verse number 33, um, it even says, unless they make you sin against me. It's like a, a, a another translation calls it a snare. It's like a, a trap that's set for a small animal. And of course, this is exactly what it turned out to be. I mean, God's warning proved to be true. The Israelites never totally got rid of the Canaanites. And throughout the rest of their history, they kept getting trapped, ensnared, by these pagan deities again and again and again. How much better would things have been if Israel would have just simply obeyed God and not had any compromise? And then God would be able to bless them the way that he promised. 
you know, worship the Lord your God. And this blessing, it'll be on your food. It'll be on your water. He says, I'll take sickness away from you. You won't even miscarry or be barren in the land. He says, I'll give you a full and healthy life. And if God's people did what God told them to do, they'd have everything that they needed, plenty of food, plenty of water, good health. They would have large families. They would grow to a ripe old age. Now, this doesn't mean that everybody who obeys God is never going to get sick. It doesn't mean that at all. We're not talking health and wealth and prosperity. But, but it does mean that God's way is best. These promises are for the Old Testament people of God, given at a time when God was using these material blessings to teach spiritual truths. And so we need to be careful, first, not to apply these blessings and curses too, too literally. I mean, our Savior was a suffering servant, and like him, we're gonna, we're, we too are going to pass through suffering before we enter into glory. But only then will we be delivered, right? Isn't that what Revelation says? Where there, there are no more tears and no more hunger, no more pain, not even death. But, but in this life, there will be suffering, And we might not receive all the material promises that God promised to Israel, but the principle still holds true. Obedience to God is his best pathway to blessings. And so sadly, the Israelites missed out on God's best because they compromised with the Canaanites. And so this should warn us of the danger of settling for a life of accommodation that stops short of obedience to God. God is going to win the victory one way or another. And yes, it'll be little by little. But if we compromise with sin and with our testimony, it is possible that our victory could turn into a defeat. And when we're tempted to think that we're just one and done, I said a prayer and I'm good, and it's not going to harm me to be exposed and to hang around sin in, the, in, in just small little doses. I mean, I'm not bad. I'm still a good person. We tell ourselves it's okay to indulge, you know, a little here and a little there. And I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it, this is the mantra of our culture today. It's okay to look at pornography. I've got things under control, or I don't really have a drinking problem. I just get drunk sometimes, or we cut a few corners at work, and you know what? Nobody will ever know, and let me just enjoy this juicy little morsel of gossip, or or, or we begin to just shade or hide the truth. You know, I'm not a liar exactly, but, 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 but if someone gets the wrong impression, maybe it'll work out for my advantage. We don't take the the time or the trouble to correct that person. These are the little compromises that trap Christians every single day, and inevitably they can lead to bigger and bigger sins. And so when it comes to sin and its little compromises, we need to adopt a policy of zero tolerance. I mean, there's some things that we need to get rid of entirely so that we could just remove even the possibility of temptation There are some places that we should not go. There are some things we should not see. There are some friends that we just shouldn't be calling friends anymore. I mean, there are some ideas, some some philosophies out there that we should not adopt or even entertain. There's some conversations that we should not start. There are some desires that we should not indulge in. And if we claim to follow Jesus, 
We need to get rid of everything that can become a hindrance to our walk to him through Jesus Christ. And here are some questions that every Christian needs to ask. What do I need to get rid of? What temptations do I need to avoid? What is keeping me from total obedience to Jesus Christ? Because if we don't get rid of these things, they'll become a trap to us. We need to remember that as Christians, we're on the way to the glory land called heaven. We are under the watchful care of our own angel, but it's better. His name is Jesus Christ. He has won the victory. His kingdom is advancing little by little, so there is no room for compromise. So my message to you today out of these verses is don't settle for just a partial victory that falls short of your full and total and complete obedience to King Jesus Christ. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Al Pastor with Brian Overturf. If you found value in this, please subscribe and get updates. Most places podcasts are available. We're right here on Anchor FM through Spotify. Also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and iHeartRadio. I hope you'll tune in for the next episode. Until then, we'll see you later.